0: Our guest in this edition of In the Trenches with Dave Lappin brought to you by First Star Logistics is Local Kid Makes Good. And we're talking about real good. Bill Hemmer, Our Lady of Victory, Elder High School, Miami Ohio, up in Oxford, Ohio. That's where he was educated. He is a, a Cincinnati area, Ohio, born, grown, educated, superstar now, WLWT, WCPO. Then on he goes to CNN, Fox Sports. I mean, he's a national, international correspondent. Uh, he was the keynote speaker at uh, the Miami of Ohio School of Business uh, commencement, the Farmer School of Business. He's done all kinds of things. He is a worldwide uh, respected news anchor, reporter, star. He loves the Bengals, and he talks about his love for the Bengals openly, and I. Was in Kansas City with him and asked him if uh, maybe we could catch up to talk about our, our joint love of the Cincinnati Bengals. And he was all over it. So here's Bill Hemmer. Boy, did you make a good call if you joined us in the trenches here this morning with Dave Lappin brought to you by First Star Logistics because we are in studio with the man, the legend, Bill Hammer in the house. Yeah, how are you doing, Lappin? Bill, Bill Hammer. Yeah. yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking Fox News. <laughs> we're talking America's newsroom. This is the man right here. We're talking Bill Hammer reports. This mm-hmm. is, and, and I just think back, I remember Bill Hammer – yeah. When he was at WLWT here in Cincinnati and WCPO in the news department, uh, sports department with Dennis Jansen, John Popovich, Bill Hemmer. What a powerhouse sports yeah. department. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to do some things with you guys. And yeah. I, I'll tell you, Bill, everybody in Cincinnati is proud of you, man. Proud of your career. Oh, thank
1: you. Thank you, Lap. You're very gracious. Thank you for saying that. Um, <clears throat> We had we had some good we had some good ones back in the day. And we did we do that in a minute, but I saw you in Kansas City, and yes. we spoke pregame. And um, I, I, I think like some of the points you made were spot on. You know, when I look at the way the game developed, and I mean, we're talking on a Wednesday afternoon. I mentioned a moment ago to you that I'm still in the stage of denial, <laughs> so I've, I've kept myself very busy since Sunday night. Oh man, it was had had the chances.
0: Right. I mean, it was there for the taking. And I know, I mean, our lady of victory, elder high school, Miami university, you are, you are a a Cincinnati region guy. I mean, you love your Cincinnati sports, don't you?
1: I'm with you on that lap. I tell you, I've been living away from home for 25 years at least. Right. (laughs) And when I lived in Atlanta, um, I would go to a sports bar, you know, Atlanta's got great weather, right? It's September, October. It's, I mean, you should be golfing, right? Sure. Well, I would go to the sports bar and beg the bartender to put the, the Bengals game on. And I would ask for just one monitor in the entire place, like far off in the corner and you know, I don't need audio. I just want to see it. And so my allegiance to the team has run very deep and very long and very strong for a long time. Fortunately today, we you we don't have to do that because we're a respected club again. And right. there's a there's actually a sports bar in downtown New York, uh, in the East Village called Phoebe's, and they they have a Bengals club so <laughs> they <have> a Bengals <laughs> bar. So during the game, I mean maybe some of your listeners know this, maybe they don't, but they'll play you know the fight song and um, they'll play the Who Day chants. And after every score, they got something going on, and it's cool to see people from from back home who are living in New York and want to get together collectively as a uh, as a little community here in New York and cheer the team on. So that, that's that been fun. But uh, this past weekend was tough, and I'm sure you're feeling it too.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. But, you know, it is interesting, like you said, the, the, uh, the interest in the football team, uh, back-to-back AFC championship games, and, and Joe Burrow came within a whisker of being the yeah. first quarterback in NFL history to win back-to-back uh, conference championship games on the road. Wow. Now, obviously, quarterbacks have won back to back conference championship games, but yeah. at home and maybe once on the road and another at home. Never back to back road conference championships has ever been accomplished. And yeah. oh man, came so close. Uh, to so the close. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, Lap, I went on my way back and I always take the first flight out the next morning. I took the 6 a.m. out of Kansas City. I was a half asleep. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't, you know how. <clears throat> you can see things in the stadium that you can't see on TV, some things. right? right. And you can see some things on TV that you clearly cannot see in person. So, you know, when you're watching the game, it was so confounding to a lot of people, I think, in the stadium as to what was going on 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 a number of these calls. Um, I'm I'm not here to, you know, make the refs a scapegoat, but you were the one who explained to me at six o'clock the next morning on your, your YouTube interview um at least i found it on youtube anyway <laughs> about the, the side judge having a problem with the game clock and right. and the play clock i don't know if people at arrowhead stadium saw that but i i know the entire section that i was with bengal fans and chief fans. we were confounded by what was happening
0: as as was i i mean everybody was because
1: Hey, we, Lapp,
0: i played football at our lady of victory right
1: i mean third grade that third grade that never happened
0: right right you it, a, a a play that took place never happened it's it, it's a race from history that third down snap that the bengal's uh executed and we're going get, to get off the football field never occurred yeah uh, yeah uh, it was an incomplete pass and what happened is the the game clock operator started the game clock so it was ticking down 7 seconds and he is blowing his whistle so loud nobody can hear the whistle and He's running in from this deep position up the Bengal sideline, waving the play dead. And at that point, man, just the, if the ball snapped, let it go. Yeah. Just let it go. You know, I mean it's it, I think it's,
1: that's on the refs. That, I mean that you know, take the players out of that. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the officials did not officiate that play effectively.
0: Yeah. I mean um, it, anyway, they're, sorry. They're, by by league I'm still rule. In denial. I, I hear you. By I'm league,
1: working toward anger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think they need to change the rule book because by league rule if yeah. you have to readjust the clock, you have to play a down over. It's yeah. almost like you're in your backyard and you're playing touch football as a kid. Oh no, that's a do over. Mm-hmm. That's a do over. You know, this, this, you can't do this and you can't do that. Okay. Well, let's just do the play over again. Mm-hmm. There's no do overs in, in the, in the, right. in the NFL playoffs. That's I mean, right. come on, man. Yeah, it's, there's, yeah, It's
1: yeah, you're right.
0: But <laughs> there, 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 there were a lot of, uh, a lot of questionable ones.
1: You know what I think, Lap, I, I, I think the NFL has to get into a new rule. And that really doesn't have to do with what we're talking about, but it really has to do with the Mahomes injury. Um, because not just the past weekend, but the weekend prior, there were two incidents in two different games where you've got defenders who are pulling on the back of an offensive quarterback or running back or receiver and they're, they're pulling their bodies on the backside of their legs. And I, look, you know, when it, I, I want right. to get your opinion on this because I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now because I think the league needs to do something about it. They did something about the helmet. So right. here's my, here's my um, idea to you. If you're tr- as a defender, you're trying to hold a running back up, you know, for a, a half of a second longer to try and strip the ball out. Well, now you see these guys that are so strong, and I think it comes from the core of the body. Their abs are so strong that they can pull themselves almost like gymnasts around uh, the quarterback or the receiver, the running back, and fall on the back of their legs. And yeah. you saw what happened to Mahomes. I, I, I think in the offseason, the NFL needs to take a look at this. Um, I, I think you could develop a system where you could look at an instant replay to see whether or not it was intentional or not and perhaps give the warning or, or throw a flag. Have you thought about that yet?
0: Yeah, it's particularly in this era of player safety, you know i mean that's and, and the one that they want to protect the most is the quarterback because that's one that everybody pays good money to go, to go watch i mean if they're yeah. if they're going to go to a game they're going to go to a game that you have a <clears throat> you have a superstar quarterback playing in and so it is interesting um that that quarterbacks mm-hmm. they're protected uh, they're going to they're going to try to protect them as much as they possibly can though there's there's yeah. no question about it um but i don't know i part of me is so old school things that happened back when I was playing, I, you know, they're, they're gone. And I think it's a better game that they're gone, but you know, part of me is like, eh, you know, you, you almost can't prevent everything, but things that are preventable, like you're talking about, you get, you should, you should try to do.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I, just, just a thought. It's been in my mind. I just want to know what you thought about it.
0: Yeah. You know, here, here's, here's one thing that I thought about um, during the course of the game with the officials. All right. The officials all year long they work together as a team. They study tape.
1: Um, Absolutely.
0: They're in. They're in. Okay. When they're in this formation, I I need some help from you to see this. If they motion to this and and all this all this teamwork that goes on, and then they get into the playoffs, the highest level of the of the game, and they have all star crews that haven't worked together all year long. Right. So now it's like, all right, well, do that for the Pro Bowl. Let a thousand percent let the all stars uh go to the pro bowl and let them referee the flag football game that goes on now what what it, what they should do is okay in the in the division, the wild card round of the playoffs the crew that graded fifth best that crew goes to those games in the um in the uh the division game the crew that graded fourth best goes the conference you know third best second keep the and then at the Super Bowl, the crew that graded the best gets the yes. Super Bowl. And then That's if you true. need to repeat uh, you know, not enough crews that graded that high, give them two weeks in a row. Let them work together and then maybe get in a better rhythm. You know, as the, instead of instead of just taking a hodgepodge of guys together, like the all-star field judge, the all-star side judge or whatever, that graded the best, they haven't worked together all year long. Yep. And, the, and the teams have worked together all year long, and they're in the playoffs advancing. Why the heck wouldn't you do that with the with the officials? Yeah. The crews that graded out the best, let them advance with the teams that graded out the best and are advancing the playoffs. I don't get that.
1: Yeah, no. Too, so you're entirely right about that. Chemistry is such a big part of like how we as humans, you know, whether it's your offensive line or whether it's your co-anchor you're working with every day. Right. You know, I mean, when you change personnel, you. There's an adjustment that needs to be made. I tell you lap, I haven't watched the second half yet. Uh, I recorded it. I just haven't had the time yet. Yeah. Um, And I was at the Super Bowl last year. And listen, I know I'm supposed to be like impartial because I'm a news guy, right? I'm a fan of this team. And my loyalty is never going to bend. I mean, I was there through the dark, dark days. and, And I'm proud of them. And I'm not afraid to say it. So I'm at that Super Bowl last year. And what I like to do is when I see the game, I think I got a pretty good eye. I mean, I'm one of those nerds that takes binoculars to a game when I'm sitting in the fifth row. Because I want mean, right. to, I, I want to see what's going on in the interior of the line. I want to, I want to know what's going on. There, there were several plays in that Super Bowl last year. It was like, ah, uh, ah, uh, like the Jamar Chase went hand to catch. I don't think he was ever down. He was never touched by Jay, um, by the, uh, by the cornerback. I want to say Jaden Rose, but is that his name? Ramsey. Ramsey, thank you very much. Yeah. I was a basketball player. Anyway, right. So I watched the game on the JetBlue flight back and on the NFL network. They they fast forward through all the commercials, and that's how I was able to endure it. I, I just think every play that I saw with my own eyes confirmed for me what I saw on camera. Now, here's my right. point. Right. Um, it will go nameless, but I was at a charity event here in New York in June. Maybe it was July. Yeah. It was this summer. It was at a golf event north of the city. And this guy walked in, and he had a um, a logo on for the Super Bowl. I said, "Who's your team?" He says, "Well, neither. I'm i um, I'm an official." Mm-hmm. I said, "Oh," and he said, "He said I had 15 family members, or how many had?" I said, "Oh, it's kind of like I had 15 family members. It was a very expensive month, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, When you're getting Super Bowl tickets to so many people, yeah." Yep. And I started asking about all these plays. I said, "Did you throw the penalty on Logan Wilson?" Because you missed the interference on Jermaine Pratt the, the, the play before, and he couldn't recall. And then I said, "What? what why, why was that helmet to helmet on Von Bell? Von Bell had one option to try and separate that receiver from the football. That wasn't a dirty play. Right. And when Cooper Cup went down, he went down in a heap. And then he didn't go to the sideline, he went back to the huddle. Why, why was all that? He couldn't recall any of it. So to your point, Lap, yeah. I agree with you. You got to get the best teams involved, not right. individuals. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for letting me get that off my
0: chest. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. There are so many things. How about how about the shot that uh, that Joe Burrow took? The guy crushes him to his shoulder and almost his helmet, knocks him backwards after the ball's long gone, does a backward somersault, gets up, and looks at the referee like, that's uh, not roughing the passer? Are you I kidding me? It.
1: That is a clip. Yeah. <laughs> I know. A, a, I mean, look, you and I sound like battle. such homers, but, you know, we <laughs> love the team. And, and what, what we're saying is not wrong. Right, you know, it's just a question of where your subjectivity lies, and and
0: and, here's the other, here's the thing that bugs me too, and and probably every every uh, every fan base in every city has the same opinion. I think as the as the games advance, the league says, "Look, swallow your whistles, don't don't make this a a penalty show. We want to accentuate the talents of the players and the teams." So, they they swallow their whistles some but then they don't and they're inconsistent when they do and when they don't, it's like now the, now the league is planted in their head. Should I call this one or not? The league yeah. doesn't want us calling too many penalties. Is that, is that egregious enough? That, now you've, now you've killed
1: the officials. You've killed them. Yeah. You know, lab, you've worked in TV a number of years. and I don't know if yeah. your listeners know, but you and I have known each other for a long time. A long time. I was like a 22 year old kid, you know, <laughs> Carrying a microphone down to spinny field back in the day. <laughs> and, and and you were there and you were working and uh, you know, you, you've you been around TV a lot. And so have I, I, I think instant replay is, is affecting the way the, the, they see the game and there, there's almost, there, there's a fallback. On, mm-hmm. on every play. If, if, if they miss a call, then they, they can call New York or they get something wrong. They can have it corrected. And that's, I don't know what the answer is. It's neither right nor wrong. I'm just working toward my stage of anger as I speak. All right, I hear you. And that, that's just that's just where I am, man. We listen. I so many people showed up in LA last year, and they're like, "Oh, Hammer, isn't it great that we got here?" I said, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> I said, "Nothing, nothing is more important than victory. And if you don't win, you will be haunted by this potentially for years. So we got to win the game." And, um, you know, they call me up a week later and say, man, you were right. And, you know, a year later, it hurts. Super Bowls are hard. Winning Super Bowls is rare. You know, I I live in New York. The the Jets haven't been there in how long? Wow. Uh, I live in New York. (laughs) And the New York Giants fans expect to be in the Super Bowl every year. Right. Uh, The Green Bay Packers expect to be there every year. The Pittsburgh Steelers expect to be there every year. San Francisco 49ers, same deal. Um, for San Francisco, they were there a couple of years ago, but all those other teams, it's been a long time. And I'm I mean, we're frustrated now because we're coming out of you know burnt ends in Kansas City and ribs jacks. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're exactly uh, anyway, right. Anyway, go ahead with more questions. I could go on and on stuff. Uh, well,
0: oh, Brady Brady messes it up for everybody. Seven Super Bowls. Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> yeah. You said it's difficult to just get there. To win seven? I I agree. You know what? You you know what? I was reminded of this past weekend. Kansas City has played in five straight AFC championships.
0: Right. Hosted them. In
1: the same state. That's remarkable. And, you know, whether it's Mahomes or Andy Reid or both of them, you must pause for a moment and applaud what they have done. No question.
0: No question about it. And You know, it's like, okay, the the, the age-old question uh, for a long time until they separated – was okay. Is it Belichick? Is it Brady? Who's who's responsible? Well, it's a combination. But then Brady goes down to Tampa and wins another one. So you know, it's yeah. like, hey, you know, I, I'm a big factor here. But it is. I mean, head coach and quarterback have to have a symbiotic relationship, obviously, and it has yeah. to. Has to work. I, I would
1: just say about that. I called that the COVID Bowl because we, we went down <laughs> there. We we sat lap. Check this out. They had the poor volunteers, thousands of them. They had to get screened before they went to the stadium. They're at 4 o'clock in the morning. The right. line went on forever. We're sitting five seats apart. Everyone's wearing a mask outdoors. But Kansas City's offensive line was beaten up significantly. I right. remember Mahomes, they clocked him running like 24 miles or something ridiculous during that game. Yeah. Um Tampa had the edge going into that game because of the condition of the Chiefs, and that's just another sign that you got to be healthy at the end of the year. And I, I, I don't know what our offensive line would have done against Philadelphia.
0: Philadelphia's trenches Good. are they are, I think, their offensive and defensive line combined might be the best in the league. Philadelphia had seventy-five sacks counting the playoffs. Now they have four different guys with eleven or more sacks. Four of them. Yeah, it's like whoa. Oh, oh. Yeah, that that one would have been a tough. uh, a tough battle a tough grind but you just you never know you got to play the games right. you know there's no question you know i
1: thought in the you know we played the kc four times in 13 months yep. um i don't know what the mayor was thinking but he's apologized i don't think it helped but that it's water under the bridge you know chris jones is a great player oh but, man i mean tell me if i'm wrong but i thought in the previous 3 games the previous 3 matchups with kansas city chris jones really i i, I didn't see him as a factor um but in this game he was do you yep. agree with that observation or not
0: Totally. I mean, Chris Jones. It was unique. Twelve. I might have been fourteen playoff games. He had not. He did not have a quarterback sack in, in right. his playoff career. He got two in this football game. But I agree with you. I think Chris Jones was playing every snap. He has a little bit of a reputation for you know. I'm um, double teamed. Yeah, maybe lived for another snap. This one man. He was splitting double teams. He, I mean, he was playing. Yeah. Every single snap, he was El Lodo. I agree with you a hundred thousand. <laughs> so. I mean, whoa. I
1: saw what he said after the game. He said he's been working all year for for a rematch. I mean, it was obvious he wanted revenge and
0: he got it. Yep. Yep. It was and what can you say about Patrick Mahomes? He he was in hindsight. You know, you, you look at it and you say, uh, maybe we should have pressured a little more off his right side and make him go to his left and throw, because he was struggling a little bit with that right ankle, high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. When he had to roll left and then pivot and plant and throw, he, he he winced a few times. He said he was in pain doing that. If we could have gotten him to his left instead yeah. of letting him roll to his right so much where he was more comfortable, and then in hindsight, Maybe let get Joe Burrow out of pocket. Let him roll to the right a little yeah. bit and change the launch point, and not let them just zero in on. Let's go here, here, here every time to get after Joe Burrow. But you can always in games like so, that. Yeah. You can always I think guess. it's a great
1: point. I love our defense. I'm not going to second guess remo but so when you're playing right, you go into the game with a game plan. Yeah, and if it's not working, do you have one backup plan or or two backup plans or do you go to the bench and say, hey, th- this isn't working out. Let's try D, E, F, G, or H. I mean, how how right. does that work?
0: You know, that's a great point, Bill. It's like that. The, the one thing that these coaches talk about. Well, Lou Anarumo has adjustments and adjustments to adjustments. He keeps things in his back pocket that he's not going to pull out until the second half for, for the very reasons you're talking about. And, they, and to give the coaches credit, when players come off the field and say, coach, look, they're doing this. We can't be doing that anymore. We got to think we, we, we got to do something else. They do let the players input affect, you know, how they're going to make adjustments and, uh, they trust each other. There's a, mm-hmm. there's their, uh, a relationship there that's built on trust and respect and all those good things. That's part of, uh, the reason that they've had so much success offensively and defensively. I mean, the. Uh, the players listen to the coaches. The coaches listen to the players. It's a two-way street, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that, That's why. That's why the team, I think, performs as well as it, it has. They've had some come-from-behind wins, like you're talking about, and and things of that nature. It's like, yeah, you just can't keep doing the same stuff. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta move on. You gotta get yeah. to get to something else. There's no question.
1: Yeah. You know, I I think the football IQ on this team is exceedingly high. Yep. Yep. I, I love the person they're going for, the type of player they're going for. Yep. It was awful for Osai. You know, he came to football late in life, got the full ride at uh, UT in Austin. Yep. Um, I remember the story I read last year about him playing that preseason game against Tampa and finally sacking Tom Brady and basically set out the season and came back so well. But, you know, he's a good guy. and He's a, he's a hungry player. And I really respect what B.J. Hill and some others did for him yep. um, in that post game. Uh, interview in the locker room. So,
0: yeah, I think it shows it shows the bond, it shows the connection. I agree with you. I mean, I think there are so many leaders on that football team, and, and you made a great point, Bill. Uh, they've they've really made an emphasis on uh, drafting intelligent players as well as intelligent football players. But overall, raw intelligence, captains, leaders. You know, they they really have their roster is a high caliber. You know, person, not just football player. Right in terms of, you know, their overall approach to everything. Um, I got it before we, uh, before we wrap up here though, I, I've, I've got to ask you and and, and I, I tell people all the time, I know that guy, you know, that guy that's inter- interviewing Trump right now, that guy that's inter- interviewing this world leader right now, yeah. Bill Hammer. I know that I, I worked with that guy in Cincinnati, you know, and they're like, get out of here. What's he like? Oh, he's a great guy, man. He's a, oh, so, so what uh, you're all of the things that you've covered, I mean, all of the unbelievable events, uh, whether it's 9-11, whatever it is, what what had the biggest impact on you in terms of covering that particular event?
1: Well, it's a great question. I think it's a profound question. Nine Eleven always enters that conversation yeah uh, because the change so much for so many people all over the world sure and i, I think on the big breaking news stories when you get to see life change for millions and millions of people before your eyes it's a phenomenal privilege um to be able to do that and tell the world what you're seeing and uh, i don't take it lightly um i hope no one ever think i did or have um but when it comes to those big events, I think the recount election, when I worked for CNN uh, down in, in Tallahassee, I was the first one in and the last one to leave for 37 days. I didn't understand constitutional law. I have no idea. Laugh. I'm up reading the New York Times at three o'clock in the morning trying to understand what the questions are. Yeah. I mean, But that, that was an enduring story that has always had an impact. 9-11, I would put in that category. You know, Trips to Afghanistan or Iraq are always significant. Wars in the Middle East are, are big markers in your life. But there's uh, there, there's two stories just real quickly that i would say have stayed with me for a long time one was something you would not probably expect but that was an earthquake in haiti and huh. uh, we went down there i mean that's a country that's got nothing to begin with and our leadership sucks and their government's terrible and has been for decades and so many countries chuck so much money into that corrupt government and the people suffer for it and then you're down there and you're like well and mother nature did this to you uh like it, it was real. It, it was a tearjerker for me and i did not expect because when, when you do these stories you know you keep your your head your emotions like at arm's length and you don't want it to get in the way of your brain thinking and mm-hmm. but, but that was hard to um prevent uh from feeling that for them and i'd say the other thing was the newtown massacre um yeah. that, that, that 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 was a i tell you what lap. Uh, you'll know what I'm saying. Uh, I've known you long enough. That when you walk to the parking lot of that Newtown Elementary School, you could smell the scent of the devil all around you. Mm, mm. and you, you don't forget that either. Mm.
0: Man, that's powerful stuff. I mean, you have led quite a life, my man. It is amazing. Okay. Every place you've been, things you've seen, and you, you're still a young man. I mean, it, it is unbelievable. Final question. Yes, sir. In terms of a person, and you've interviewed some Unbelievable uh, person, uh, people with different personalities and different successes and whatever. Um, it, it runs the gamut from evil to great to and in between. What what person impacted you the most? Maybe not necessarily. I don't know with what they said in the interview, but did you go in with one opinion, come out with totally another? Uh, um, on these major interviews or
1: what what interview has struck you the most well it's a great question um i don't i'm gonna i'm gonna say this the right way I, okay. I don't think i've had it yet um gotcha i think that we we cover a lot of politics and um you talk to a lot of politicians and I, I realize they've got a job to do and i've got a job to do and so i, I haven't really walked away with that you, you know what i, I guess the, their commitment to service is what has always impressed me uh-huh. uh, their commitment to the job and diving into the policy and trying to come up with the best idea that, that's always impressed me with them uh as far as entertainers or athletes i, I don't i don't you know um, I don't know, maybe Joey B wants to sit down and talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that, that would really leave an impression. You know, years yeah. ago, I was working at CNN and Al Green came into the studio. I know there's a little, you know, it comes out of left field a little bit, but Al Green was so cool and so smooth and he was so not what I expected. And he just, you know, put a chill over the entire studio for the rest of the day. And I don't know, I, I've never forgotten the attitude that Al Green brought to that moment so, huh. and that's that's what comes to mind
0: that's interesting I'll tell you bill you're a uh you're an incredible guy I mean vert I don't know of anybody else really that I know that has seen the world through the eyes that bill hemmer has seen the world and I mean the whole world it is unbelievable the experiences that that you have had and really proud of you man uh Thank you. I, I do I, I, I
1: tell people I know that guy man yeah. I know him seriously I, honest to god I know him Hey, listen, um, I've known you a long time and you're, you're a good man as well. And I, th- the words you share with me, I take it as high praise. So thank you. It was great to see you in Kansas city. Same. Um, I don't know if people understand you and I can talk for hours <laughs> about football. Right. Th- thank you for sharing your wisdom with me.
0: Well, you're the best and uh, appreciate your carving time. Cause I know you don't have a whole lot of it. You're a busy man. And uh, to give us some of it is greatly appreciated, my man. Thank you,
1: brother. I got one last question, you know, because this, yeah. I do this for a living. You know, I am a reporter. There you go. What position would you draft?
0: What position would I draft? Boy, I I, I think as late as they're going to be in the first round, they're drafting at number 28. I know tight end is is a, a fairly fairly good position um, in terms of, like, a higher pick. The, the thing to do, Bill, like a lot of these drafts, if you've got multiple third, fourth, and fifth round picks, you're in high cotton. You're in good shape, because that's that's where the that's where the depth of the draft is. But as a result of that, guys are going to pick be picked higher than they really should be. But I I think, according to what I've found out so far, tight end is a is a good position group in this year's draft. Defensive line is a decent position. Offensive line is probably okay. I'd probably stay in those in those areas.
1: Okay. Uh, I'll be waiting and watching. I hope for the best. And I hope we get a chance to be back there again next year. And if we do, we'll do this all over again. How's that?
0: How about that, my man?
1: (laughs) Cool. Nice to see you, Dave. Same here, Bill. Thanks. All
0: right. At First, our logistics, we're a very strict company that really puts the pressure on our employees. Breaks? What are those? That's what I'm talking about, Icky get the body right then the mind's right
1: you, yeah. know? you know you gotta get that body right that's sir. right <laughs> yes <sir. laughs>
0: become a star with a chance to earn the highest commission percentages in the industry as a freight broker agent check out firststarlogistics.com